Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Today, we're going to talk about something of the utmost importance. If you are a leader, a business owner, or an executive, or typically for many of you, all of the above, we're going to talk about how to get compliance. Now, if you listen to episode five of volume three, we just did that one few weeks ago, entitled What Gives Success, you learn from Mr. Hubbard, I quote here, leadership is one of the most misunderstood subjects in man's dictionary, but it is based almost solely on the ability to give and enforce orders, end quote. That's from his article entitled Leadership, dated 3 November, 1966. So if you're leading, it implies you are giving direction, right? You're giving direction to a group or a team. And if you are giving direction, that means you're issuing orders. And if those orders are going to be effective and moving the group along in the direction you're leading them, they need to be complied with, right? I mean, what's the sense of giving orders if they're not going to get done? And if these are the orders that are going to direct the team in the direction you want them to go, in the direction of expansion and achieving the goals of the group organization, and they're not getting done, that means then that those goals are not being achieved. So compliance is a very important subject. So today we're going to dedicate this episode to how to get compliance to an order. Let's start with a definition then, shall we, as we typically do. The word compliance means the action or fact of complying with a wish or command. That's compliance. The action or fact of complying with a wish or a command. This is from Mr. Oxford. Here's an example here. They must secure each other's cooperation or compliance. Okay, that's complying with. It's also the state or fact of according with or meeting rules or standards. So it means to bring things into compliance with a rule and order, make it in agreement with or according to a uh, rule or standard. Uh, the example they give here, all imports of timber are in compliance with regulations. That's compliance, but it it comes from comply. We better look at comply of a purpose or group act in accordance with a wish or command. I think it's interesting that the word accordance is chosen because accordance implies, of course, agreement. It says here, we are unable to comply with your request to act in accordance with a wish or command. I wish that all will do X and they comply with that. They act in accordance with that and they fulfill it. And, or command, do this and done. So this is uh, from late 16th century from Italian complire, Catalan, which I guess is a Spanish complire, Spanish complire from Latin complere, complere, fill up. Fulfill, see complete. That's interesting. So the derivation of the word comes from to complete something. The original sense was, and this is from the from Oxford, the original sense was fulfill, accomplish, later fulfill the requirements of courtesy, hence to be agreeable, to oblige or obey. Compare with compliment. Interesting. So compliment, of course, means to complete something. It also means to say something pleasant to somebody about their actions or what they're doing. Uh, let's look at compliments derivation. Mid-17th century from French compliment, noun, complimentaire, which is a verb, 
or complimente, I guess is the correct pronunciation, French, from Italian complimento, fulfillment of the requirements of courtesy. How about that? Fulfillment of the requirements of courtesy from Latin, complimentum, completion, fulfillment. So it's all about completing things. And in this case, the requirements of courtesy. What a dignified word, after all. Take a look at it. So to comply would mean, uh, presumably, then you are acting in accordance with something, you're in agreement with something, and you're going to fulfill it. And you're going to complete that, whether it be a cycle of action or whatever is required. And it's required by courtesy, intended to be courtesy. You know, it's not quite what you think of necessarily when you say comply, comply to this. You know, it doesn't necessarily come across as something that you're going to do out of courtesy. It might be something you do out of force being forced into it or something like that. But that's not really the derivation. It's from fulfilling and completing and um, the requirements of courtesy. What a great word. Okay, let's get into the article now. So the article is called Compliance, How to Get One. It's dated the 8th of January, 1975. I still think that gives kind of an interesting spin on the word compliance. Isn't it interesting how Sometimes just the nuances of concept that you get from the derivation of a term just puts it in a whole different light, you know? Compliance doesn't even really imply something from a senior to a junior. It's more like, no, I mean, you know, why wouldn't I? It would be the courteous, correct, fulfilling thing to do to comply to this uh, request or this wish or this order. So anyway, kind of got something out of that myself. So here we go. Compliance, how to get one. So we're reading from Mr. Harbour now. False compliances come about because a staff member under threat and duress or not doing his post seeks to protect himself by false reporting that something has been done when it hasn't. He entirely overlooks the fact that a false report will really bring the house down on him. So this is how he's starting this because obviously this is kind of a touchy subject the more you look at it because... You know, you're asking for different things to be done. You're ordering things to get done and, and things still go awry or you might even get a report that they are done, but it doesn't really solve the problem. You're not really moving the direction of your goals or the purposes of the organization. And lo and behold, you know, it, it isn't done actually. There's a false compliance. Somebody said it's done and it's not done. This can be a very serious issue, actually. Maybe you've gotten kind of accustomed to it. You know, people will do what I tell them to do, unfortunately. So I just kind of have to do it all myself or whatever your perspective is. But no, this is a vital subject and one that bears a bit of study. So he says here, he goes on to say this. So why does he false report instead of just doing the thing required? There could be several answers, perhaps even one for each individual. But overall, it can be said that he can't do it. He either doesn't know how, or he is already backlogged on other things. He also doesn't really know how to do, or there is something that has to be done before he can begin to do what you want of him. So it can be said that the staff member you are demanding a compliance from when he doesn't do it or false reports it is not yet at square one. Now, this is a very useful term. It's actually an integral term to the Harvard management system, but one that's not commonly spoken of amongst even, uh, you know, those who are consistently using the Harvard management system, this term square one. Square one means that they're at a place where they can comply. When they're not up to square one, they cannot comply. So square one puts them in a place where they can uh, at least do the thing that you're asking them to do. 
let's make up an example here. So let's say you have a purchaser, for instance, someone who is buying things for you. Let's say you have a construction company and you've, uh, you've got this purchaser here and you say to the purchaser, uh, look at, um, we're going to be building something kind of new. And uh, it's an addition to a self-sufficient home. And it's going to involve solar panels and it's going to involve some new materials. And I need you to do the research. So you issue an order uh, to the purchaser to do the research and come up with uh, three prices for the needed materials for building this addition. Okay, so you send that order out there. And uh, gets to the purchaser. Maybe you got a fairly new purchaser, and you get back. Yeah, no, we did all that, and uh, we've already purchased the materials, and they're on their way. And you go, wow, oh, okay, well, wasn't exactly what I asked for. I asked for three prices, but uh, presumably uh, did a good job. I don't know. So, so then you go to the job site. You know, a week or so later, and the materials arrive, and they're they're wrong. They're they actually aren't the correct materials, or they. Uh, not enough of them, or you get the bill for them, and they're like, holy cow, how are we spending this kind of money on these materials? We'll never make anything out of this job. You've got a non-compliance there. Not only do you have a non-compliance, you had a false report that it was done. And this is costing your organization. It's, uh, well, it's going to cost you a lot of sleepless nights. <gasps> it's a lot of gray hair and so on and so on. So uh, and it probably puts at risk whether you're actually going to make a profit on the thing. Well, actually, the guy didn't comply to that order, now did he? And you're going, wow, this guy must be a real screwball. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to give him any more chances or whatever you might say. But in actual fact, you failed to do the steps you need to do to get compliance. That's really what went wrong. So the, 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 the person you got to look at in terms of culpability for this uh, order not being complied to is the one that you look at in the mirror every day, right? So he says this sentence, very important here. He says, execs, short for executives, execs belong out in the org. Org is short for organization. Execs belong out in the org, not hiding in an office. Okay, you listen by now. If you've been following this uh, Business Wise podcast, you've probably heard enough uh, references to leadership and to being an executive to know you aren't an executive when you just sit on your can all day. And that does not make an executive. Executives need to get out there and inspect. They need to look. They need to be amongst uh, the group. That's where an executive truly belongs. And he says, it is up to them to verify reports of duns or get duns done. And they often have to get somebody up to square one before any action can begin on the order required. So then he puts these next two sentences in capital letters. Make it easy to accept a report of a done. Verify it personally. So these are the two steps. You have to make it easy for people to report a done. You have to have those lines set up. So you send out. Now, one of the ways to make it easy to report a done is, of course, to make sure all your orders are in writing. And we covered that in earlier episodes. But all right, so let's go back to uh, this purchasing fiasco. And so now you've issued an order to the purchaser. 
Now, maybe that was a verbal order. Maybe he got it confused. Maybe he didn't remember it all correctly. Maybe he had the, the, the amounts wrong that he had to order. It wasn't put in writing that he needs to get three prices and run them by you. None of that. So number one, to make it easy to accept a report of a done, the first thing would be, well, if you want to get a report of a done, you better give him a correct order in writing that he can report a done on. And then you probably need to have some place where that compliance can be put. So, okay, uh, this is where the Hubbard management communication system is kind of important. So you are issuing orders in writing, could be electronic, could be digital these days, but then where does the compliance come back to? You would have to have a basket where communications uh, compliances can be deposited, uh, or you'd have to be very approachable, or you would have to have a digital setup where the order compliance can come back to. So you have now issued an order in writing. We're going to re we're going to regroup on this uh, purchasing affair here. So now he has the order in writing. You've named out precisely what you need and you want. And that's now in an order and it goes to the purchaser. Now make it easy to accept a report or a done. You would have to have a place where that communication can come back and be received. In other words, some kind of an inbox in basket or a digital in basket, you will. Now, uh, the other thing is, you would probably have to have some sort of a little reminder system. So that makes it easier to accept a report of a done because you now have some sort of, uh, we use the word time machine or TM. Uh, I should probably do an episode on how to do a time machine, but basically you've given it some sort of a timeline so you need it back by Wednesday or Tuesday or whenever it is. And you have to issue that. It's part of making it easy to accept a report of it done. You know, okay, I need it in this basket at such and such a time on such and such a day. And this is exactly what I need or I want. That's, that's your responsibility to, first of all, give orders that are easy to accept a report of it done on. And then the second step is, very important, verify it personally. Did you go and talk to this guy? Now, look, you know, if you weren't following your steps properly and you're now at the job site and the materials that came in are not the correct materials or they're not the correct quantities or they're not the correct prices, then, uh, of course, you would say, well, look, I'm, I messed it up this far. At least now I should verify it personally, uh, which is a second step Mr. Hubbard gives me here. I should verify it personally by going and talking to the purchaser and go, what the heck happened? All right, so now we're going to look it over. And now he says, well, no, I got your order and I did comply with it. Well, well, what happened? Well, I ordered exactly what you wanted. And obviously the mess up must be uh, with the guys that uh, were fulfilling the order. You know, we're having a lot of trouble with this supply company right now. And that could be that they screwed it up. All right. Well, that sounds plausible. I guess uh, we better switch to a different uh, supply company. Uh, not so fast, man. Not quite so fast. You've got to verify it personally. Why not call up the supply company and say, hey, look, my purchaser told me they gave you an order of XYZ. You've supplied something else. Like, what was the order that you got? No, we didn't get that order, uh, Mr. Smith. We got uh, this order. And they read it to you over the phone and you go, by Jove? The purchaser false reported again. That's now two false reports. But you verify, you would never have found that out, man, if you didn't verify it personally. Of course, you know, let's backtrack. When you first got the compliance saying, yes, we did that. We ordered all the materials. 
first of all, it's an alteration of what was ordered because you wanted three prices. But you could have gone over there and said, let me see exactly what you did. Uh, who did you order from? What did you order? And what were the prices? That would have been the job of an executive, somebody who's trying to get compliance. You verify it personally, always. So two steps, make it easy to accept a report of a done. Number one. Number two, verify it personally. Now, here we're verifying it personally, and we discovered that the purchaser gave us another false report. Okay, now listen to this, because this is the next paragraph after he says verify personally. By the way, these are in capital letters. Make it easy to accept a report of a done. Verify it personally. Those two steps are in all capitals. And then he says this little paragraph here, very important. And there's one other rule. One gets the condition he fails to assign. Okay, you probably want to look up some of the earlier episodes on condition, right? A condition is an operating state. So you have a purchaser who does exactly what you say and is very compliant and is very good at what they do and get you the best materials at the best prices and so forth. That person is a gem. They're in a higher condition than the one who keeps giving you false reports, aren't they? They're in a higher operating state. So this other cat here, this guy, that this purchaser that you're now starting to get kind of irritated with, to say the least, he's in a different condition. He's in a lower condition than optimum, right? So he's in a different operating state. So he says he gave two false reports, a minimum of the doubt condition. A false reports put you in doubt about that person. If you want to study about the doubt formula, just go to the search uh, field at the uh, Podbean BusinessWise homepage there, and you can just put in the word doubt. Pulls up a couple of podcasts we did on doubt. But the bottom line is you're in doubt about the guy. He's not giving you the truth. So next time he gives you something, you don't know if it's true or not. That's doubt. Mr. Trevor goes on to say one could hold it in the abeyance, one more false report and it's doubt. But if it kept up, one would have to assign it. That's right. You better. Like, how long are you going to allow someone to give you false reports? You're going to end up in doubt. All your customers are going to doubt you. All your workers are going to doubt you. Like, the boss, is he really competent? He seems to be buying a lot of silliness here. So anyway, these are your two steps. And here is your rule. I remember in the title, we said uh, two steps and a rule. Now there's a tip. Now let's look at that. So after he's given you these steps, after he's given you this rule, he now gives you a tip. This is from Mr. Hubbard, quote, and put into action the idea that areas that can't comply or don't are not yet up to square one. Then in all capital letters, he says, find out why they're not yet at square one and get them there fast. All capital letters. That's your job as a leader as a business owner, as an executive. That's your job, man. By now, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that an executive is there to get things executed, get them done. But that involves training and hatting, making sure people know what they're doing, making sure they're up to square one. If they don't comply, they're not yet at square one, and you better find out why, and you better get them there fast. But he does give this little proviso. He says, but there is a point where reasons, quote, reasons that can't be done, end quote, are not a square one problem, but are basically an ethics situation. I uh, paraphrase that very last part of that sentence because I don't want to get into a bunch of new material for you. But in essence, there's an ethics situation there, right? And then he wraps up the article by saying, you can't get compliances sitting around your office. And there is tech, technology, know-how, and there is tech in handling getting them. And we just gave it to you. This is the technology of how to get a compliance. You want to make it easy to accept a report of a done. You want to verify it personally, always. 
If you run into a lot of false reports, you better look into this, whether the person's actually dropped into a condition of doubt. You better study up what doubt is and make them do the doubt formula, or you will end up in that condition yourself, right? Because he says you get the condition you fail to assign. And then this tip, he says, put into action the idea that areas that can't comply or don't are not yet up to square one. Find out why they're not yet at square one and get them there fast. Not going to get compliances by sitting on your can, okay? Not going to happen. You need to get out there and work with your people. You need to lead. You need to train. You need to verify compliance. And if you start doing that, well, it's a pretty busy affair, but it's also a lot of fun uh, because you see a viable, bustling, expanding scene, and that's what you want. People are complying to the things that you're directing them to do, and that is sending them in the direction of the goals of the organization, the goals of the group. And the purposes of the group are being accomplished. And that's when morale is high. That means when you, you feel good about yourself, feel good about your group. But it's all about, not all about, but a, a significant aspect of this is compliance, how to get one. Hope this was helpful to you. That's, uh, that wraps it up for this week. I hope you're getting the point that executives do not uh, lead an exec by being uh, behind a desk. You know, there's... Some planning and stuff sometimes has to be done there, but you got to get out there and uh, observe, inspect, issue orders, verify their compliance, and uh, make it easy to accept compliances. And you will have a going concern in pretty short order. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Please leave us your comments. We enjoy those. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, give us a like. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.